Caution. Learning in progress. Hello, and thank you for listening to Smarter Every Season. My name is Tyler Hubert, and this is the podcast that is brought to you by the product support team here at Precision Planting. So if you listened to our last episode, or I guess even if you didn't, uh, episode 39, we dove into asking better questions. And our heart there was really around having a conversation on how to get the, the best answers or the right answers or dig down and get all the information that you need to solve a troubleshooting issue. Well, at the end of that episode, we mentioned kind of a format change that was coming to this podcast. And instead of 45-minute to hour-long interviews with somebody, as spring approached, we were going to shift to you know 15 minutes or less, really focusing in on some of the issues that are driving a, a high call volume. We're getting calls on regularly on in support, um, reports that we're getting from the field, things of that nature. And what we want to do then is with those pass on some very practical uh, solutions uh, and so everybody can kind of be hopefully proactive in, in solving some of these issues or get them resolved quickly. And to help me do that today in studio is Hans Stutzman. Morning, Tyler. How are you? I'm good. Good. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. All right. Well, then let's go ahead and jump in. Um, I've got the list of bullet points here in front of me, Hans. And the first one that we want to talk about is really around prescriptions and boundaries as they pertain to the Gen 3. So if you would take it away, tell our audience, what do they need to know there? Yep. So uh, quick, a little bit of review. Last year, Dot One software, um, we introduced prescription editor um, in Dot One software, and that required us to, when we did prescription editor, we needed to change the file type, and we need to make it a Dot 2020 file. So all prescriptions that are stored in, in the Gen 3 at this point in Dot in 2021 Dot One software um, is actually stored as a Gen, as a Dot 2020 file. We are importing them as shape files. So anyone that is updating from 2021.0 from last year or previous software versions of that that has prescriptions and boundaries, there's a couple things we recommend they do to preserve that and maintain the functionality. One is to export the prescription and boundaries out of the, the, the display before they update. Once they update to 2022.0, because that's now our commercial release software version that's got prescription editor in it. When they update to 2022.0, re-import the prescriptions, that'll bring up the um, ability to use those with Prescription Editor. If for some reason they forget and they don't um, export prescriptions, don't worry too much about it. You can um, backdate to 2022 or 2021.0, backdate to 2021.0, export the prescriptions, and then um, update again. We still have those old prescriptions stored in there. It's not that they're lost. It's not that they're, they're lost. They're unusable because they're not a dot .2025 when you go to 2022.0. Correct. So hit on this again. What is what is the why behind that? Why did 2021.1 treat those as a different file or a dot .2020? Yep. Um, and so it all comes back to when we wanted to do prescription editor, we had to be able to make changes to that file. Um, and we couldn't do that necessarily in a true shape file format. The, the, the way that file is written and the way that the Gen 3 is set up, we couldn't do that in the shape file. We had to change the file type to a dot .2020 file so we could make that change. So when you re-import them, this is actually going into this, I think you're hinting to this a little bit, is when you import prescriptions now, there is going to be a uh, several options that show up. One is you get a seating prescription, a liquid prescription, or a, it's granular, there's four different types of prescriptions that you can import. Um, and those are, when you select them, you can select um, a seating prescription, and then you select the prescriptions you want to import. The first thing it's going to do then is going to take you to the prescription editor, which was the main reason why we changed the format 
was so we could edit prescriptions on the fly in the cab. Um, it's going to take you directly to that prescription editor. Once you go to put that in the field. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. And so once it pops up with that, you don't have to actually um, save or edit. It's going to, if you don't want to make any changes to it, the prescription's just fine. You just hit save and continue on. Nothing changes. It just is, is saved in the background like a normal prescription is. But it will bring up that prescription editor for you every time just to make sure if you want to make a change to it, you can. If you don't want to make a change, you look at the prescription, say that's good, hit save, and continue on with it. Yep. Um, so, but that's, that's one of the changes that guys are getting caught. We're getting calls from this little bit of guys like, oh, where'd my prescriptions go? Oh, they're still there. They're just not usable. Go back, export them, re-import them, or bring them from the new software version, bring them back in again. Yeah. Yeah. So, As you kind of alluded to, you can always bring them back in through third party too. Yep. If you create it with SMS, FieldView, whatever it is. All those work back and they, they import just fine. You just got to go through the same process to import them. Um, one more thing on that while I'm doing that and before I think about it, um, if you have prescriptions that are coming from Apex, so John Deere's mapping software, that's not the online version, not the operation center, the Apex version of those. When you import them, there is a box that pops up and says, do you want to import them as normal polygon processing or exterior only polygon processing or forced exterior polygons? Um, you will want to set that up as forced exterior polygons if they're coming from Apex. Almost all the other systems that are out there work just fine under normal apex we need to have them force exterior polygons to actually read those prescriptions um and basically it's, it's related to how we construct the shapes and the zones um of each of each part of the field makes sense okay i'm actually going to try and jump in and take this next one we still see a fair amount of phone calls from guys asking to hook up gps and adar tractors or in, in tractors with integrated gps there is a way to do that what you actually end up having to do is remove the panel around the radio but we have a document on the cloud under product resources and then the GPS tab that shows you where to tie in on those integrated systems. Yep. So I just want to let everybody know that it's a resource that is available. Um, I've even been on the phone with guys and showed them where that resource is and they've looked at it on the phone and said, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I can do this. Yeah, that's no problem. I just didn't know this was here. So I just yep. want to make everybody aware of that, that that is a resource that we've put onto the cloud um, for uh, how to tie into integrated GPS on those deer, deer tractors. Hans, the other kind of bullet points that we have here, a lot of these pertain to liquid. So let's jump in with some updates. Um, and I want to be clear on this, that what we're going to talk about next is VApply HD with the turbines removed and using EM flow sense for flow monitoring up ahead of that HD. Okay? Yep. So this is not, I have HD with the turbine still in it and flow sense downstream. This is, I'm using the marriage of EM flow sense for flow monitoring, and I've removed the turbines from HD. Correct. So with that, jump in here. Yep. So this is, this is basically, you are coupling the HD and the flow sense together. They're, they're a pair. They're basically, you're taking two pieces and making them one out of it. Um, the key thing that we're running into, and we're seeing this happen quite a bit, is if the, when you set that HD up, and you couple that flow sense with it, you have to tell the HD that it's getting its flow source, the flow monitoring piece of that, not the valve control, but the flow monitoring piece of that is some, coming from an external piece, meaning the flow sense. So you have to set it up as an external flow source for that HD when you set it up. Um, what we're seeing, or go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that HD and flow sense then have to be on the same color jumper. Yes, they have to be on the same color jumper going into the same, uh, same SRM. Um, or the same, same setup as far as that goes. So you want those paired together, the same color jumper to make those work. Um, 
And what we're seeing is if this is not set up, cor- set up correctly, what you'll see is the ball position will go to like a 25-25 on every row when they take off. And what it is is like it doesn't have any flow source. It doesn't know where it's pulling flow source from. It's got a flow sense from – there's flow sense it's reading, but it doesn't know what where it's coming from. You get, once you set it to external, it knows to look at the flow sensor, the EM flow sensor, as the source for the flow rate going through the HD. It then can control the ball position correctly. Um, and then – so that's normally the first phone call. The second phone call is then is like, well, like row one's working now, but row two through 16 are still doing the exact same thing. Well, that's because each flow sense, when you set that up, each individual flow sense has to be changed. So if you have 16 HDs on the planner, you need to go through and set up all 16 of those to be an external flow source. that doesn't cascade all the way through. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move into then uh, some of what we need to know with the new rate controller and the new external or liquid pressure sensor. Yep. So the new rate controller for Gen 3s, that has to be both the EM flow sense and HD. That control needs to be on 2022.1 software version. Um, and the new rate controller for Gen 3s and pressure sensor module also has to be on 2022.1. So these had to be the new software versions for this year, the limited software versions for this year. The new rate controller does not have any pressure sensors in it, so you can, but you can set that up like a normal HD base module is. Just go through and rate controller, set it up like a normal system. The one thing that's missing is the pressure sensors that are in there. They're not in that. They're on a separate module, so you also had to plug in a pressure sensor. Key thing on that is that they need to be on the same color jumper, so black and black or brown and brown, whatever it is, they're on the same color jumper, and they need to be plugged into the same row can. So... Uh, on the rows, turn plugged into the same rows on the SRM, or they need to be both into the PDM. You can't have one into the PDM and one to row one. They got to be both into the same SRM, same source, location, same, same location, jumper, same location, same jumper. Um, is a big piece of that. And then, as far as the setup goes, once you set up that VApply base controller, or the VApply rate controller, as, it were, as it's correctly called, you also need to set the pressure source, um, and it's going to say internal unless you manually go in and flip switch it to external, which means it's then going to look for pressure on that pressure module rather than trying to find it on the actual um, the rate control module. Think about it as you're telling us where to look for these things. Yep. You're telling us, look at the EM flow sense because that flow source is external. Yep. Look at the external pressure sensor because those things used to be integrated. Yep. Right? They used to be integrated into one system. Now they're separated out, and it's like, okay, where am I looking? Am I looking on the HD for this, or am I looking on... Um, on a separate module. Am I looking for it on the rate control module, or is there a separate module I should be looking at for these for these readings? So, and the pressure sensor is the same way. Yep. So. Just a call out on that too. If the pressure sensor, if that is not set up on the same location or with the same jumper, I think it will turn green in the diagnosis. It screen. will turn green. It you just, will get no pressure. You will get no pressure because the module's there. It's talking to the module. It just doesn't know that there's. It is supposed to get readings from someplace else. Yeah. Okay. Very good. The final one, Hans, is we've got some questions around a battery pop-up with DBMs that have been stored for a while. Take yep. me through that a little bit. Yeah, so what you guys are getting is they're, they're plugging in the display, the DBM, for the first time this, this spring, and they're getting a pop-up, say, low internal battery or battery internal battery failure, something along those lines. Um, but it's it's essentially what happens is that the DBM has a battery inside of it, a backup battery, and if you have it unplugged from everything and it's been sitting in the shop, sitting in the office, um, over winter, that battery slowly starts to drain um, drain out. And so when you plug it in the first time, that battery's low. It doesn't have a full charge to it. Leave it alone. Just walk away. Let it be plugged into power. Let it charge back up again. That battery warning's not an issue. It'll go away once you get fully charged. But that's one of the things we're seeing is that these DBMs that have been sitting 
unplugged from a source, which is not a bad option. That's the right thing to do. Um, but there is there you will get you can get that pop up if the battery starts to drain. Why do we have an internal battery? It's a backup. It's a safety protocol. So that when we shut it down, we can um, one is so if you have experienced a sudden loss of power, we have a battery backup to actually fully shut down the DBM. Um, it gives us a battery backup of over time timestamps. So we can actually keep the internal clock running as well. Awesome. Okay. Hans, with that, I think we have worked through all of our bullet points. And so is there anything else that, that you want to add? or Not other than this, it's, uh, we're getting close to spring. Um, I know there's a lot of stuff's going on, a lot of installs going on still. Um, so, But we're excited. So far, it's been good. So for anybody who can't tell, Hans says that with a smile on his face. It's an exciting time. It is an exciting time. It can be stressful. It is it's an exciting be. time. It's an exciting time. So very good. Well, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up. On behalf of Hans Detzman, my name is Tyler Hubert. I want to thank you all for tuning in to kind of this format change as we get into spring. And most importantly, I want to wish everybody a very safe and happy spring. Thanks for listening.